You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. We are hot off a exciting win in brand new uniforms against the team with no name. Um, hey, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who tuned in last week uh, in my absence. Uh, Gil, thank you for, for flying solo and handling the podcast, especially on on short notice. You didn't have a lot of time to prepare to do the show without me. Um, so th- uh, very much appreciate that. Uh, thank you to everybody who did tune in. Um, apologies. We did have some technical difficulties that got in the way of uh, publishing the episode um was wasn't entirely sure what was going on there but um heard from some people that the episode was not available until monday morning so uh we apologize for that it's not super useful to have a game preview that comes out after the game um so uh but this episode is coming out right on time we're gonna look at our score predictions from last week i uh sent up some smoke signals to communicate to Gil what my <laughs> score prediction was. And he got him wrong because, you know, I, I actually sent the exact correct, perfect score. <laughs> and, no, I'm kidding. Okay. So I said 31 to 13 Packers win. Gil said 34, 21 Packers win. the actual score was, uh, okay. 24 to 10. So uh, taking taking the uh, scores there, plus our points from our Bears predictions, I have closed some ground uh, catching up to Gil. I have 113 points. He has 97 points, so I am just 16 points behind him. Uh, think, I think at the worst, I was something like 45 points behind him, so definitely making up for some valuable lost time here. Um, so... This obviously is a short week. The Packers don't have a lot of time to prepare. We found out from Aaron Rodgers that the team basically kind of treated Washington like a bye week. Uh, They were already preparing for the Cardinals last week. So like by definition, this was a trap game that we survived. (laughs) The Packers absolutely overlooked Washington and looked ahead to the Cardinals and they didn't get burnt by that. So that's encouraging. the, the I, I saw some complaints from people online about the about the game plan, about the lack of the run game. Uh, Matt LaFleur seems totally unbothered by how little they had run the ball. Um, somebody, one of the uh, reporters who was talking to him in the in the post game conference was um, making some comment to the effect of like, man, the running backs didn't look good when they were out there. And he said something basically like, yeah, well, they we hardly let them run at all. So they never really got a chance to get going. <laughs> And then he kind of just left it at that. Uh, and the, the Cardinals are one of the easier teams to run on in the league. Uh, I believe the stat is that they are 31st in rushing defense. I think that is yards, not points, but we're going to get down into that uh, in a little bit. Got a lot of 
updates coming out like every few hours about the status of all the players and coaches on yeah. the team. Yeah. So, so what we what we have here is a situation where by the time you listen to this, things are going to be different. And by the time game time rolls around, they're going to be different again. So we're going to we're going to tell you about the players that we do know about um, and whoever the Packers can put out there on the field on Thursday night. Uh, that's who's going to be able to play. Uh, we, we do know that uh, MVS's status is up in the air. He's working hard to come back, but LaFleur kind of called him a game time decision. He's still on IR, so have to imagine they're going to go ahead and activate him, but we don't really know if he's going to play. And then even if he does play, you know, when they're talking about him in that fashion, you know, he's not at a hundred percent. So how well is he going to be able to get out there and affect the game? Uh, I, I, I think he certainly would have a lot of use in stretching the field and making the defense respect him. But I also don't I'm not recommending that you start MVS in fantasy this week because no. I don't know how well they can incorporate him. I'll tell you who you, who you definitely should start as long as he doesn't get COVID is uh, Aaron Jones. I think the uh, passing game is largely going to go through Jones. Uh, that's something that's been a, a trend when Devontae has missed time in the past. Of course, he's uh, might still play. Devontae might still play. Uh, he had a positive covid test uh but if he tests negative twice before the game and has no symptoms then he can play so that's where we're kind of at planning on no Devonte, but he might still be available also no alan lazard he's been added to the covid list as well so the packers if mvs can't go will be without their top three receivers in this game Hey, but, you know, Malik Taylor got activated off of the COVID list. So there's always him. <laughs> I, I there's actually, always him. The, you know, I the guy who I think. The, the guy who I think will have a big game on Sunday is Randall Cobb. I think Cobb, in addition to Aaron Jones, Cobb is going to see a lot of footballs thrown his way. I would say so. Uh, that that uh, that trade for Cobb for a fifth round pick is looking better and better every yeah. passing week, is it not? Um, no, no doubt. Here, here's the nice thing about having Malik Taylor back. Um, so Devonte might still be able to play. Uh, Lazard cannot play. Uh, he's not eligible to come back before the game. Devonte might be eligible to come back before the game. Um, Malik Taylor would be nice to fill the Alan Lazard role. You get a body out there. I think EQ is the other guy who might really be taking Alan Lazard snaps. Uh, but you you want a guy out there who can run block well. Um, EQ has been not he's not been run blocking well at all this year, unfortunately. Um, Malik Taylor is better at that, so I would not be surprised to see him out there a lot playing that role. Uh, like you said, Randall Cobb. I think I think either Aaron Jones or Randall Cobb is going to end up um, getting wide receiver one targets this week if Devontae can't go. Uh, EQ, I think, is probably going to be pretty involved in the passing game because we've seen the last two weeks, even when they had all their guys out there, that they were working them in. And another guy to keep in mind, two guys, actually. Uh, I am almost certain that we're going to see a Juwan Winfrey elevation from the practice squad this week. It would just only make sense. And then 
I don't see any reason. I don't see any better opportunity than this week to welcome Amari Rogers to the NFL. <laughs> Get him out there. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's going to be on the field uh, a decent amount. They've been using him in motion a lot and then not really throwing him in any, any passes yet. I think that might change this week, but also the the run game is going to be crucial. I think uh, Dylan and Jones are going to be they're Well, they're also be used in the passing game. I think you're going to see a lot mm-hmm. of uh, tosses to them, a lot of passes thrown and pounding the rock early and often uh, with both of your running backs. Just wear down that defense. It's got to be. It's got to be. And when when you factor in the Cardinals pass defense is very, very good in their run defense, as you mentioned, not so much. Running the football becomes even more important for the Packers Thursday night. Now, normally when we're we're kicking off our episode here, we like to do our our little opening arguments where uh, one of us will make the case for why one team will win and the other will make the case for why the other team will win. I don't think we need to make the case for why Arizona really could win this game. Uh, I'm taking the Packers to win this one, actually. I think Arizona is going to really underestimate them because it's a little bit hard not to underestimate them when they are going to be down their defensive coordinator, down their top two receiving options, playing on a short week. But it's also a short week for the Cardinals. And this Packers team is different. They've got some grit. They've got some meanness to them. They got a stingy defense. I think back to the the play last week, last week, like two days ago, we're recording this Tuesday night. <laughs> um, I believe Terry McLaurin caught a pass like right at the right at the line to gain. And Darnell Savage just comes flying out of nowhere, hits him so brutally hard and the ball just pops out. And I remember like in the heat of the moment, as I saw defenders like screaming toward, I think it was McLaurin. We'll call it McLaurin screaming toward McLaurin. I was a little bit disappointed that like, ah, oh, we gave up the first down, but oh, well, you know, we're, they're, they're not letting him rip off a big chunk. But Darnell came flying in there and he, it was just so mean. And I, in that moment when it was like, no, you're not getting the first down right here. I, the, the word stingy came to mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a stingy defense. Not to mention that, like, man, I, I just I I feel bad for the Cardinals because, number one, they got to go up against guys named Merciless and Savage. And that just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, there there are no excuses. If you lose this game, no excuses you can make. Uh, Arizona's getting Chandler Jones back. They got all their guys. Home field advantage against a very, very banged up Packers team that is missing, honestly, most of its big stars. And I really think that uh, this is anybody's game. In the words of the of the great Mike McCarthy, we're nobody's underdog. So bring on, bring on Arizona. I, I, I say, uh, let's go take this number one seed from the Cardinals and rule the NFC. It's there for the taking, but it's going to be a, a tall order. Look, I think the Arizona Cardinals are a very good football team. I don't think they're 7-0 and good as far as, you know, that's their record, but I don't think that they're, you know, that good. But they are one of the top teams in the NFC, no question about that. Short week on the road. I'm not saying the Packers can't win this game, but it won't be easy. 
Yeah, the Cardinals are averaging 32 points a game offensively. Uh, and defensively, they are only allowing 16 and a quarter points per game. If you look at how that matches up against what other teams have done against those same opponents, it's it's pretty good. Um, on the whole season, they have scored 51 points total above what other teams have been able to score on those same opponents. Defensively, they have held their opponents 39 points below what everybody else has been able to do. That's across, you know, all seven games that they played. Um, that's second best in the league. If you average those two out together, they're they're definitely a good team. Uh, but I, Matt LaFleur has no intentions of winning this game or of, of losing this game. He has no intentions of losing this <laughs> okay, game. Okay, just checking. The players have no intention of losing this game. The, the, the Packers are... This is not the kind of game that the Packers um, are going to roll over and die for. <laughs> they're they're going to go... They're going to go down swinging. I expect our offense to really come to life and put up a lot of points. I think probably both teams are going to put up a lot of points because of the guys we're missing on defense. I do expect mm-hmm. that. Um, I think the Packers offense can keep up. And I think that the, I think the Packers defense is going to do enough to keep the Packers offense in the game. You look at, uh, you know, our, one of the biggest concerns that we had at the beginning of this season for this matchup was Kyler Murray's scrambling ability. And uh, that it, it has not been the factor on the year so far that we thought it would be. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some rushing stats for two players, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers in 2021. All right. Yards per attempt. Kyler Murray, 2.9 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 2.8 yards. Touchdowns. Kyler Murray has three rushing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers has two. Fumbles. Kyler Murray has six fumbles. Aaron Rodgers has zero. In the last three weeks, Aaron Rodgers has 36 rushing yards. Kyler Murray has 17. Mm -hmm. So if you don't consider Aaron Rodgers to be a real scrambling threat, then you shouldn't be worried about Kyler Murray. Um, The way that both of these guys are hurting you this year is through the air. So, is Kyler gonna? Is Kyler Murray going to take his pound of flesh? Yeah, he is. He's he's gonna scramble for a first down or two on Thursday night. That's that's just who he is. But the Packers defense is gonna play him differently. They're going to play contain, which means you're not gonna see the pass rush that you normally see. They're not going to be getting the pressure and the sacks on him that they typically get against other teams because they're playing him differently, and they still have to really prioritize defending the, those deep balls, which he has been very good at this year. Yes. But I don't think Kyler is going to kill us on the ground any more than uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance were able to. So, um, See, that's a good I, observation. I, I good. My concern when it comes to uh, Kyler Murray is not so much that he's going to rush for 95 yards on the ground like Taylor Heineke did a week ago. It's the fact that he is capable of scrambling, of buying more time, and then unleashing a throw 
40, 50 yards down the field for a big, big gain. And with the injuries in the Green Bay secondary, that is a big concern to me that when a play gets extended, guys like Kevin King, if he plays, guys like uh, Rasul Douglas, you know, will they be able to stay with their receiver long enough to stop a big play being set up not by the running downfield of Kyler Murray, but by the scrambling and elusiveness of Kyler Murray. That's a really good point, actually. Um, let's talk about that. Let's look at our, our DBs here. <clears throat> uh, Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes are insanely fast. The one thing that they should be really good at is sticking with a guy really deep down the field. Um, Am I expecting them to really dominate defensively all night? Absolutely not. But that's the nice thing about a guy like Stokes is, is he going to make mistakes? Yes, but he's physically absolutely capable of keeping up with uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Christian Kirk or whoever he's up against, you know, in that matchup. And Rasul Douglas, by the way, is playing really well. Actually, out of um, all of our defensive backs, he currently has the second highest PFF grade behind just Adrian Amos. Oh, he's been very uh, he good. He really has. Yep. But covering the duo that you mentioned of Hopkins and Kirk, that's Plus not AJ an easy Green. not an easy uh, assignment for anybody, Maybe. let alone a rookie, granted a talented and fast rookie, but a, a rookie and a guy who's only making his second start playing in his third game with the mm -hmm. Packers. Uh, it, you know, and, and Kevin King, we know has problems losing people on long passes sometimes, even when he's healthy. So, right. you know, th that King, is, King is a big a, concern for me. King is a concern for me in this game. Uh, because if he can play, I feel like they're going to put him out there because of his experience, but this is, mm -hmm. this is not really the kind of offense that I necessarily want him out there for he's good at a lot of things uh but what we have kind of seen him get burned by a lot in the last uh you know 10 9 or 10 months here is some of those deep balls I, i'd rather have rasul douglas out there uh kevin king i i would i'd rather have him in the slot you know uh he's really good against the run he, he gets really physical with these guys those deep balls concern me a bit. Yeah, Kevin King, to me, feels like a liability for this game. And I'm not one of those uh, historically really anti-King uh, people. I, I think I'm much more pro-King than than most people who, who analyze this team. But this is not a game I really want him out there for. Uh, I mean, the, the team is better for having him. But I, I kind of like him lower on the depth chart than Rasul Douglas for this game. And I, I kind of think Douglas has earned the right to be out there, especially with as banged up as we know King still is. I, I just, I don't know that Hopkins, Kirk and green are kind of a wicked threat. Uh, Zach Ertz to me is a guy we gotta, gotta have some concern about. He's, he's been bad the last two years. Um, but attacking the middle of the field has been, a, a weakness for this Cardinals offense 
for the beginning part of this year. And now they have Ertz that they can kind of lean on in that capacity, which maybe means that uh, Campbell's going to have to dedicate some time to defending Ertz, which means <laughs> a little bit less that Campbell can do to try and contain Murray, you know, uh, flip out there to, uh, you know, really make him pay for dancing around out of the pocket and buying time. You know, Campbell's the kind of guy that you would want to really go and, and punish Kyler for, for doing that. And if he's got to be worried about Zach Hurts, that's a problem. Uh, Jalen Smith, Chris Barnes, you know, we like them, but they're not playing to the level that Campbell is by the way, Campbell, we need to we need to give Campbell some credit. Um, we said during minicamp that we thought Campbell might be the best middle linebacker that the Packers have had in a very long time, well before Blake Martinez. Uh, and I think we were uh, really underestimating him, even saying that he's he is the uh, highest graded linebacker in the entire NFL, and he's the eighth highest graded defensive player in the entire NFL. That is insane, and I'm so excited about him. Oh, no, no question. It, it is great to see. And, you know, here's a stat that I absolutely love <clears throat> uh, about Devondre Campbell. He has given up all season long only 95 yards after the catch. When, when, he, when you throw a ball in his area – the receiver doesn't get very far if they catch the ball. And that, to me, is a really – it just shows how positionally sound he is. His technique is good. He's in the right place at the right time, and he knows how to how to play this game. So, you know, that is a really good statistic. You're not going to get a lot of – if you're going to catch a pass on Devondre Campbell, you're not getting very far after you catch it. He's got uh, two forced fumbles on the season, two interceptions, 49 solo tackles. His run defense is a 91.4. That is, that's crazy good. When have you ever seen a Packer with a 91.4 run defense grade? Coverage grade is 81.1. Honestly, the thing that drags his grade down to an 89.2 overall this is pass rush ability. Well, guess what? That's not what he's here for. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not what he's here for at all. We got other guys who can do that. Man, what an absolute steal. Um, so, so grateful to Brian Goodkins for finding him. And uh, I, I have a tweet out there that, uh, that I posted when we first signed him and I saw how much we had paid him and the fact that we had added like four or five void years to his contract and I was so frustrated <laughs> by that and I said what we did all this for a street free agent and I'm, I'm going to leave that tweet up forever because it's very uh, deserving of you're going to pin that at the top <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to pin it I don't want to show off how stupid <laughs> I am um, their, their run game is not great uh, Chase Edmonds here, here's where he kills you is in the receiving game. He is uh, one of the highest targeted uh, players on the, I almost said Packers offense on the Cardinals offense. <laughs> um, his receiving grade is a 50.1, uh, but he gets, he gets targeted a ton. His, his running grade is a 72, which is uh, the 27th best in the league. Um, they don't, 
they don't do a ton to you on the ground. Most of the all the damage that they do to you is through the air, and that includes um, two Chase Edmonds. Uh, James Connor is also there. If you care about that, um, I would say it's the ghost of James Connor is out there. Um, I'm not. It's not a bad one-two punch though at running back. Yeah, but which would who would you rather have, Chase Edmonds and James Connor, or Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? I didn't say that I would rather and, have. And you have to have both hands tied behind your back if you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Uh, Rashawn yeah. Gary. Rashawn Gary had himself a week last week. Um, he is, I believe he's leading the, the league in um, quarterback pressures right now. I'm going to find this and pull it up. Um, he is a guy that I'm going to be keeping my eye on when the Cardinals offense is out there because um, their off their offensive line is, is pretty decent on the left. Uh, DJ Humphreys is obviously a very well-known tackle. Yes. And then uh, Justin Pugh is doing a swell job at left guard. Solid. Uh, their right guard Josh Jones is uh, about as good of a football player as former Packer Josh Jones. (laughs) So do with that what you will. Uh, Their right tackle, Kelvin Beecham. He is a liability in pass blocking. Uh, He's a decent run blocker, but that's about it. And then Garcia, Max Garcia, their center. The only thing he's good at is pass blocking. His overall grade is right about dead average. His pass blocking grade is actually highest in the league among centers. So I don't know how much Kevin or Kevin uh, Kenny Clark is going to be able to do um, against him. Kind of the only guy in that interior that you can attack is right guard. Josh Jones, Uh, the left guard and the center are both doing um, phenomenal at pass blocking DJ Humphreys. Best attribute is his run block grade. His pass block is about average. Um, so, uh, the, t- the, the edges, um, of that offensive line are really what you want to attack. And of course you got Zach Ertz there. His, uh, pass blocking has, has been underwhelming as well. I think, uh, kind of counter to what we were saying, uh, the last couple weeks about how the interior of our defensive line was going to need to do a lot to get home this week. It's going to be our edge rushers, Rashawn Gary, Whitney Merciless. Uh, if he's able to go Preston Smith, uh, sounds like he's trending in the right direction. Those guys are going to be the ones who really have to affect the passing game. And don't forget Jonathan Garvin. Garvin has, has been very much deserving of paying attention to no question. Yeah. He's what I, I think, I think the real benefit of Whitney Merciless over Garvin is the experience. You know, Merciless is a smart, smart dude. Um, here's that Rashawn Gary thread I wanted to uh, reference. This comes from Pack Daddy on Twitter. He's the same guy who gave us those uh, quarterback running stats with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. Rashawn Gary had 10 pressures and two sacks uh, last week. He had a pressure rate of 31.2%. That's absurd. Like, <laughs> for reference, 10% is good. Right. He was at 31%. That is insane. Uh, on the season, 
Rashawn Gary has 35 pressures on 200 pass rush attempts, which is 17.5%, which is what Zadarius was doing in 2019 uh, when he was the best pass rusher in the league. His pressure rate was 17.7%. Gary right now uh, has he's fifth overall in the whole league in pressures, third in pass rush win rate. He's the 14th highest graded edge rusher in the NFL. And the last two weeks of the season have been his best two weeks. So he's trending upwards and he's already doing really well. Wanted to give him some credit. And I think I think Gary's going to need to continue playing at that level against the Cardinals here to uh, make sure that Kyler does not have all the time to uh, extend extend the play and and hurt us deep. Yeah, getting some pressure on him is going to be very important. And then on the other side of the ball, preventing the Cardinals from getting to Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big challenge because let's face it, uh, the offensive line still not 100% and the Cardinals have a lot of players who are capable of getting to the passer. That's a good point. I'm definitely concerned about our offensive line. Uh, Royce Newman... Huh. kind of needs to be taken off the field at this point. Um, performing very, very poorly. He's the worst run blocker of all guards in the NFL. His overall grade sits at a 44. Remember, 60 is average, so 44 is horrific. That He's the 70th best guard in the NFL right now overall. Uh, man, when Bakhtiari comes back, we need to find a way to get Newman off the field. Um, he needs some well, more time to develop. There are a few ways to do that. You can move Runyon to right guard. You could keep Runyon at left guard and move Jenkins to right guard. I'd like uh, to see Billy Turner at right guard and Elton Jenkins at right tackle. Once that would be another way to do it. That yeah. would, you know, look, the versatility of players like Jenkins and like Turner give you a lot of options. Uh, but Bakhtiari probably not playing in this game. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but I'm, uh, I'm assuming it makes more sense to be cautious with him than to be aggressive with him. And, you know, the other thing that Newman, both Newman and Runyon at different times against Washington and, and even earlier picking up stunts and, and shifts in the defensive pass rush scheme has been an issue for those guys. The three guys defensively for the Cardinals that I'm concerned about are three guys that we know really well. We'll start with Chandler Jones, who is going to be back. He was out on the COVID list. He's back for this week. Uh, The one thing he's really terrible at is run defense. He has a 29 run defense grade. That is the second worst in the entire NFL. Uh, but his pass rush grade is a 90.1. Chandler Jones is going to be a problem. He's going to be lined up against Elton Jenkins most of the time. J.J. Watt, of course, uh, is who he's been for years. Uh, pass rush is his highest grade. He's uh, 83.1. Um, everything else, he is at least above average. Uh, overall defensive grade, 79. Now, I will say, we went up against... Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and I forget who their third guy was, but uh, we went up against Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen and uh, Deron Payne. 
we went up against Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and um, it's not DJ Reader. He's a Bengal. DJ Jones is that his name? I think so. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm not pointing to our performances against those teams and saying, well, then the Cardinals can't get it done either. I am saying we faced adversity. I don't think the Packers offensive line is going to be intimidated at all by the Cardinals. And the fact that our tackles are playing decently well, Billy Turner's best grade is his pass block grade. It's only a 64.7, but that's above average. Um, Elton Jenkins pass block grade is a 71.5. I think these two guys can handle Jones and Watt. We've seen Elton Jenkins handle Aaron Donald one-on-one last year. No sweat at all there. And then Although he wasn't you, healthy during that game. No, that's true. That's true. But you look at you look at the their interior pass rushers, and the only guy you got to be concerned about is a guy named Michael Dogby. Dogby? D-O-G-B-E. I've never heard yep. of him. His, his pass rush grade is a 70.2. So our interior is going to have to handle those guys. The third defensive player though that I'm at all concerned about is Zaven Collins Mm -hmm. Uh, I know a lot of Packer fans who really want us to draft him now fortunately his pass rush grade isn't anything to write home about run defense is very good he's just about the Cardinals only good run defender coverage grade is a 74.7 so he's kind of the anti Aaron Jones and Zayvon Collins is athletic enough to keep up with Aaron Jones. So that is probably my biggest concern is can Zayvon take away uh, our Aaron Jones advantage? And I don't know that he can, uh, but he is the fifth highest graded linebacker in football right now. And that coverage grade and his speed, his athleticism, uh, he's one of the few guys in the league who I think would be capable of uh, covering uh, Aaron Jones among linebackers. And that has been an issue for us in the past, uh, especially on a week when I think Aaron Jones is going to be such a, a focal point of this offense. I wouldn't be surprised to see AJ Dillon get a lot of carries and Aaron Jones get a lot of targets in the receiving game. That to me would make a lot of sense. Packers do like to subvert expectations, so maybe they would uh, flip that. But that would make sense to me as a game plan. It would make sense. And and I wouldn't be surprised to see A.J. Dillon get a few more catches than he normally gets also. He is a yeah. better receiver than most people give him credit for. And, you know, he's not Except limited to just these little screens and dumps. The last guy that we should talk about on defense as being, you know, somebody that's a, a plus for the Cardinals is safety Buda Baker. Um, I will say, I don't think he is or has ever been anywhere near as good as his reputation, but he's not a bad football player. Uh, coverage grade of 68.6. He's above average at everything except for pass rush. And um, you know, who really cares how good of a pass rusher your safety is anyways. Um, so <laughs> Buda Baker, I think, would is a little bit bigger concern than he would be normally just because we'll be down so many of our receivers. And so mm-hmm. uh, our passing game might not be the threat that it would otherwise be. Um, but also, you know, not having Devontae out there, I don't know that they're going to be doubling anybody. We'll see. We'll see that one one big benefit of having Devontae out. I mean, you've all heard the stat that 
you know, the Packers are six to zero without Devonte on in the Lafleur era. They're five and one against the spread without Devonte. I don't think that they're better without Devonte. I think that I think that uh, the other receivers are better than than they get credit for, better than the, than they get opportunity to display. And when we're not laser focusing and highlighting so much on the Rogers to Devante connection, which is something that you really do have to lean on because it's so electric when those other guys get a chance to step up and shine, they have the talent to do so. And I think, I think this week we're going to see that opportunity again. Um, again, I, you know, I don't know how much MVS can do because he's banged up. Even if he does play, we don't know if Devante's going to be out, out there or not. Randall Cobb, I think, is probably your wide receiver one or Aaron Jones. Uh, EQ is probably going to be a, a big factor out there. I think Malik Taylor's going to be catching passes as well. Uh, and then we also have this wild card of Amari Rogers that the Cardinals, the Cardinals have zero film <laughs> on Amari Rogers in the NFL. They have no clue how we would use that. Cam. Yeah. So that would be. Now, one problem, and this is, uh, in my mind, a question of bad timing. The Cardinals have permitted fewer catches and fewer yards by opposing tight ends of any team in the league right now. They are among the best, if not the best, at defending tight ends. And here's a game where your wide receiver core is shorthanded in a big way. You would want Robert Tunyon to have a big game. He looked good last week. Uh, Big Dog, you think, would get involved with a few catches as well. The Cardinals are pretty darn good at stopping tight ends. Yeah, that's that's another guy to highlight. I think uh, I think Mercedes Lewis is going to be honestly. I, I have I have one fantasy team in the league where my starting tight end is out. I might pick up Mercedes Lewis and start him. I, I you know that's a that is a high risk high reward play. <laughs> but <laughs> who else are the Packers going to throw to Lewis? He, you know, we even heard on the broadcast last week, uh, the commentators were highlighting the fact that Mercedes always makes the first guy miss. He's such a bear to try and tackle. I mean, and it, and watching him in that Cincinnati game, um, he's like he lowers his head and like bucks these defenders out of the way, throw, practically throwing him in, in the air like like a rhinoceros um, <laughs> as he's charging through there uh he's got a lot left in the tank and uh that's it that's a dude you know if Zayvon Collins is causing issues um Mercedes Lewis is a guy who could manhandle Zayvon Collins mm-hmm. he's huge really strong and physical I can't remember um him going up for a ball getting his hands on it and then not being able to come down with it you know it's almost uh Almost moss like, but you know, except with a forty-five year old tight end, basically thirty-nine. Um, <laughs> so we'll see that. That's another guy to keep our eye on. Uh, who do you think wins this game? What's your score prediction? Ah, boy, this is going to be a tough one. And to me, this is the week the injuries kind of catch up with the Packers. It'll oh, yeah. be close. We do have to look at the injury report real quick. Yeah, before we do this. Um, nothing really interesting to look at for the Packers. 
uh, except for the guys yeah. who are out with COVID. COVID. Everybody else. Yeah. The COVID well, list Kevin King was what? Limited, right? Everybody's either full participant or limited or named Dennis Kelly. Right. Who, who's been out all year, I think. So, you know. The Cardinals are the more banged up. So um, Max Garcia, who we talked about a couple minutes ago, he is the Cardinals. Has center. not practiced. He has not practiced all week. Also, DeAndre uh, Hopkins has not practiced all week. That is the really big one. J.J. Watt has not practiced. I don't I don't know that I really buy that because he's ancient and really important. <laughs> I think he's going to play. DeAndre Hopkins might not play, and that would um, – I think that would be a maybe a bigger advantage for the Packers than Devontae being out would be, a, or would be an advantage for the Cardinals, possibly. Um I just don't know, you know, yeah, the Cardinals have other really good wide receivers, but they they do really run a lot of their offense through DeAndre Hopkins. And I really, really don't think that um, their head coach is as good of a play caller as Matt LaFleur is. Um, You know, they run that air raid offensive scheme. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. He's he's not stupid. He's he's good at his job. But I don't see him as creative and resourceful as LaFleur is. And you take away some of these pieces that he's used to leaning on. Uh, I'll put my money on LaFleur every time. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Rashard Lawrence, defensive tackle. Not really a major factor. He's not practiced all week. Linebacker Jordan Hicks, who's not really a good player. Uh, he didn't practice on Monday, was limited on Tuesday. Uh, nobody else really matters except for Kyler Murray, and uh, he just has a little bit of a, a sore finger. I'm finger, not, yeah. Yeah. No, he's so. been a full participant in practice, and I don't think there's too much danger of that finger being the cause of him missing the game Thursday. But there you go. There, there's the injuries uh, to keep an eye on. Now we can do our scores. I'll let you go first. Okay. I, I just don't like the way this matchup is shaping up. The lack of receivers. You know, I don't want to be without Devontae. They've overcome that before. You know, the record without Devontae is very good. But missing Lazard as well and MVS either being out or being limited – that's a lot of receivers to to overcome. And I think they'll miss the blocking of Alan Lazard almost as much as they'll miss his pass catching ability. The other concern is keeping Aaron Rodgers upright and giving him enough time to throw. I, I, I just think short week, West Coast trip, road game, injuries, playing an undefeated team, it's going to be close, but I think the Packers fall 27-24. All right. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here because I've noticed every time I get burned in our score proje- score projection game, it's because I overestimate either team and give them more points in my prediction <laughs> than they actually can conjure up in real life. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think... Uh, both teams are going to get really close to 30 points. I'm taking the Packers to win it 35 to 31. 
I think this is going to be a shootout all night. And I, I just have a lot of confidence in this gritty team to not give up. I think, I think even if they get down big, they're going to stay in it and keep swinging. Um, yeah, as, as, as long as, uh, the offensive line isn't letting Rogers get hammered all night to the point where he gets rattled. Like we've seen a couple of times in that saints game in the Buccaneers regular season game last year, we've seen it before. We know what it looks like when he gets rattled mm-hmm. as long as that doesn't happen. And I don't know that the Cardinals have enough pass rushing weapons to make that happen, even though they got two uh, really good pass rushers. Uh, 35, 31 sounds about right to me. And, and I will say this, even if we lose this game, if the Packers don't give up, if they just stay at it to the end, keep fighting hard, keep taking swings. If Lafleur is aggressive in his play calling, if they're going for it, um, I'm going to feel really good about this team heading into the playoffs. And, and by the way, the Packers are playing with house money right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything to lose because I don't think anybody has expectations of them when they are down all these pieces, these huge components to the team. Um, they can go out there and take risks and play their butts off and give it their all. Take those deep shots, go for it on a fourth down, go for two. They can do that because I don't think a lot of people are expecting them to win this game. So why not give it your all? The number one seed is there for the taking. And by the way, come playoff time, I'd like to have a win over the Cardinals. That'd be nice when we're trying to figure out the the playoff seeding. I'd like to have home field advantage over the Cardinals because they are a good team. And I'll tell you this too. If we pull this out, if we beat the Cardinals, I'm not going to shut up about it. I'm going to, I'm going to be <laughs> squawking about a Super Bowl in it week eight. I'll be squawking about it. It, it would be a huge advantage come January to have a warm weather team like the Cardinals have to go to Lambeau for the NFC championship game. I know that's many steps down the line, but certainly a win in this game would be huge for tiebreakers. Now, look, you still have to worry about three other teams who are right there at, you know, what is it? Five and one or six and one in the NFC right now. It's a, it's a crowded, uh, oh, I mean, it's early in the season. It's early in the season. It's almost the middle of the season already. This is the eighth game out of 17. Yeah. But you look at how many years you have one to three undefeated teams in week seven. It's, it's most years, right? Now by the end one. of the year, by the end of the year, most teams rack up two to three losses a piece easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not often that you see a, a 15 and one now 16 and one team. We still have, we have still have 10 more games left to play after or uh, including this one in the regular season. There's, there's time to separate ourselves, but a, a, a gritty win like this, or even just play it in really close and give it our all uh, that is going to do a lot for the DNA of this team going forward. No doubt about it. Look, I'd love to be wrong in my prediction as far as who wins this football game. I just see a lot of things lining up against the Packers heading into this contest. Well, hopefully the Packers keep uh, two streaks alive. And that would be, actually, I should say three streaks alive. Uh, streak number one wins without Devontae. <laughs> streak number two, this uh, uh, six game winning streak that they're on. 
And streak number three is proving me right when I pick the Packers to win and you don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's the third streak I like to keep alive. All right. Everybody, that does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can also email us at askmillhuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not